Hello and welcome to episode 371 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this morning. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Sunday, December the 4th, 2022, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ, continuing to look at the writings of Professor Plinio Correa de Oliveira. This was from the newspaper Catholicism, number 77, published in May of 1957, and it is entitled, It is Up to Men to Stop the Imminent Punishment. The professor begins by saying, Fatima is a theme already copiously dealt with by this sheet. However, De Maria Nunquam Satis. Moreover, in this month of Our Lady, highlighted by festivities full of filial affection and enthusiasm, which marked the 40th anniversary of the Episcopal Consecration of the gloriously reigning Holy Father Pius XII, the 40th anniversary of the first of the Virgin's apparitions is also celebrated in the COVID area. The coincidence is so admirable, so full of profound significance, that one cannot really discuss the Episcopal Jubilee of the Supreme Pontiff without at the same time recalling the revelations of Fatima. And so we return to the subject, certain to correspond to the desire of our readers. Since on our part, on other occasions, we have said what we had to say about apparitions in themselves considered, we thought we should address today the thorny subject of predictions. It is known that Our Lady, speaking to the three little shepherds in Fatima, and later manifesting herself to Sister Lucia, foretold terrible punishments for humanity. It is known that the Portuguese Episcopate is the depository of a mysterious envelope with statements by Sister Lucia, which will only be opened in 1960. And according to the authorized Father de Marchi, she was a lady brighter than the sun, this envelope contains the as-yet-unrevealed second part of the secret of Fatima. Furthermore, political horizons are clouded all over the world. Then the question arises spontaneously, insufferably, insistently. Will the punishments predicted by Our Lady fall on earth? We are not one of those who find such an inquiry idle, since it deals not with private revelations of a certain current type, in which a large margin of suggestion or deception may exist, but with facts of a manifestly supernatural nature, admitted as such by the piety of the faithful all over the world, who without losing their character of private revelation are approved and well-regarded by the Holy Church and have shown themselves to be fruitful in spiritual fruits of the most notorious and admirable. However, it is not exactly a study of this nature that we want to dedicate ourselves to today. Our aim is more modest and more practical. We simply want to show that on the one hand, it is inappropriate to ask whether Fatima's predictions are going to come true since they are already coming true. And on the other hand, it depends largely on us to stop even at this point in time, the facts, its entire realization. I'll pause for a moment. In other words, excuse me, the professor is saying what the Blessed Mother had predicted was already coming true, especially in regards of World War II. The professor's writing this in 1957, looking back at what took place between 1939 and 1945. She talked about what would happen during the reign of uh, Pius XI and things of this nature. So, of course, what Our Lady was saying was already coming to fruition. 
and he's speaking with the prophetic voice, as we've already seen in previous articles, the professor understands what's happening. He sees the scourge of modernism. He sees what it's doing in Brazil. He sees what it's doing all over the world. Repent and believe in the gospel. The professor's message is what Jesus is telling us, is what the Blessed Mother is telling us. Repent and believe in the gospel. He continues by saying, nor can we understand how anyone could doubt that Fatima's predictions are coming true. For the dominant fact of our political life, the fact which fills every newspaper page and dominates all statesmen's concerns is precisely that Russia is spreading her errors throughout the world and creating ever more favorable conditions for the outbreak of the most terrible conflict in history. It is obvious that in this general unrest, Russia is not entirely to blame because if Moscow manages to circulate its ideological toxics throughout the world, it is because these toxics find acceptance. This, however, cannot be denied that if through its own fault, the whole world is in conditions of combustibility. It is in the Moscovite bonfire that the arsonists are lighting their torches, and it is from it that the countless sparks that in all countries are ignited dangerous flames. And I would add, um, if I can interject here in the year 2022, a lot of blame for the condition of the world is put at the feet of Russia and China. But what's happening in your neck of the woods? What's happening where you live? In the United States, in Canada, in Chile, in Spain, in Italy, in France, in South Africa, in Japan, in Australia. Yes, Russia has spread her errors. Not only communism, and these are errors that aren't only susceptible for the, the Russian people, but for all of us, it's sin at the heart of it. Think about pornography, contraception, abortion. Is this something that is only limited to Russia? Of course not. These are gravely sinful activities, which have not only been embraced, but are celebrated in most parts of the world today. It would have been unimaginable in 1917 or even 1957 when this article was published, but the professor could see it coming. When society is not controlled by Catholics, it will be controlled by nefarious forces. It will be controlled by those who are doing the work of the demons. Good Catholic men need to run society or else it will be run into the ground. And it has been everywhere. There isn't a country on earth that hasn't been untouched by these errors, this modernism that the professor wrote about, excuse me, wrote about so eloquently and were condemned as far back in 1907 by Pope St. Pius X and Pascendi Domenici Gregus on the errors of the modernists. Professor Plinio continues by saying, in addition, the present conditions already allow to see the plausibility of the part of the predictions not yet fulfilled. Russia's power of action over the entire globe to provoke a very profound universal crisis, and not just the current more or less superficial 
and more or less transitory crises is patent. That all this will sooner or later degenerate into persecution of the Holy Father and the Church is also clear. That in the convulsions of a war provoked by Russia, a universal cataclysm can overtake humanity is also indisputable. The correct question about predictions then can only be this, whether they will come to pass and whether we will fall into the ultimate horror of what they foretell. Regarding this point, it seems to us that not enough attention has been drawn to the conditional nature of the Fatima revelations. In them, it is said with a clear clarity that these things will happen if humanity does not amend its sins and does not do penance. Thus, it is up to all of humanity and to each man in particular to suspend even now the punishment that is already in the process of being carried out. Just abandon sin and do penance. But also, if this is not done, there will be no use for religious festivals or prayers or anxieties or panics. Punishment will come. And again, I'm going to put in my two cents. I'm reminded of the Blessed Mother being offended at what the administrator of Orem did to the three little shepherds by kidnapping them. She said the miracle of the sum would have been even greater. Perhaps the entirety of Portugal, perhaps the entirety of Europe, who knows, would have seen the miracle of the sun. Some 70,000 people did, say, did see it. It was a great miracle, probably the greatest miracle since biblical times. But it would have been even greater. But the Blessed Mother was offended. And she talks about Jesus already in 1917 being greatly offended by sin. Our actions have consequences. We're a part of the body of Christ. All the good that you do help builds up the body of Christ. The bad that you do and that I do, that anyone does, tears down, wounds the body of Christ. No man is an island. Everything you say, everything you think, everything that you do has an effect either for good or for evil. God takes us at our word and at our thoughts and at our actions. Everything has consequences. Remember that. The professor continues by saying, it is therefore necessary that the preponderant part of sinners, if not the most numerous, carry out an authentic and serious reform of life. What does this expression mean? That for the love of God, or at least for fear of his justice, men execrate sin, stop wanting and practicing it, and start living according to the commandments. One of the essential conditions for avoiding punishment is this. It must therefore be enunciated clearly, positively, without useless outbursts of oratory, nor disguises or attenuations of false human prudence. And for this reason, anyone who wants to exercise an apostolate wholly along what could be called the Fatima line must speak clearly against error and sin, do everything to ensure that they are hated and repudiated and instill in them the fear of God's wrath, all, especially those whom love cannot move. All other conditions posed by the Fatima message are not entirely up to us, but this arguably depends. If it is filled in, the punishments will not take place, for there is every reason to believe that God will spare the penitent sinner. What else is worth? Ask if the punishments will come, when they will come, and how they will come, or work so that they don't come. So let's work. 
and let us walk serenely into the future. For in that way, whatever happens, we will be among those on whom the protective hand of the Queen of Heaven will rest. Shall we work? Is this enough? No. In addition to life reform and the apostolate, prayer and penance are also needed. We must mortify ourselves to atone for ourselves and others. We must pray because prayer moves mountains. In this spirit and armed with such intentions, we will be able to sing with joy the praises of the Virgin of Fatima. For us, her message will not have been in vain. Amen, Professor Plinio. May he rest in peace. Preach it, my brother. Let us take a look once again in closing here at Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach, located at halo-soma.org. That's halo-soma.org. And please listen in if you haven't already done so. I'd like to make this the most popular episode of Our Lady's podcast. Number 277. That's 277 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. I interview my sister and one of my nieces about RPM, Rapid Prompting Method, which is a method of communication for those who've been afflicted with non-speaking autism. It has been a game changer, to use what's now become a cliche, but supremely important for non-speakers who have learned RPM and their communication partners. Those who are not able to speak have found their voice. We found that my niece is a composer. She's brilliant at mathematics and a number of other disciplines. Just astounded. My sister did not know my niece's favorite color prior to RPM. So our hope and our prayer is that just as sign language became a means of communication for the deaf, so RPM, sometimes called typing to talk or spelling to communicate, we refer to it as RPM or rapid prompting method, that this will be the unique and most excellent method of communications for those who otherwise have been unable to communicate because, my friends, communication is a human right. So let us pray for help and for healing for our non-speaking friends and their families. Almighty and eternal God, healer of those who trust in you through the intercession of St. Raphael Archangel, hear my prayer for non-speakers and their families. In your tender mercy, restore them to spiritual and bodily health that they may give you thanks, praise your name, and proclaim your wondrous love to all. I ask this through Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. The Prayer of St. Louis de Montfort. Hail Joseph the Just, wisdom is with you. Blessed are you among all men, and blessed is Jesus, the fruit of Mary, your faithful spouse. Holy Joseph, worthy foster father of Jesus Christ, pray for us sinners and obtain divine wisdom for us from God now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Sweetheart of Mary, be the salvation of Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, the United States of America, Canada, and the whole world. And now the three Hail Marys to honor the immaculate purity of Our Lady of Fatima. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tuum mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus, Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honor mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tuum mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus, Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honor mortis nostrae. Amen. 
Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. And a Gloria Patri for a special intention. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, sicuderat in principio et nunc et semper et in secula seculorum. Amen. Virgo potens, ora pro nobis. Sancti Osef Teradaimonem Ora Pernobis. Sancta Raphael Archangeli Ora Pernobis. In nomine Patris et Fili et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Thank you very kindly, my friends, for listening to episode 371 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. In your charity, please share Our Lady's podcast with everyone you know. Our Twitter handle is at Fatima Podcast. All the shows are archived there. They're also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Podbean, wherever else you listen to your podcasts. And most importantly, please pray for the eternal salvation of all of our Catholic bishops. They need your prayers. Goodbye and God love you.